It's time for Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. The gang almost all back together. Johnny Hill still out a little under the weather, but uh, hopefully he'll be back either tomorrow uh, or on Thursday. Feels weird saying that because today is Tuesday. We were out yesterday um, for New Year's Day. Hopefully everyone had a, uh, a fun and safe New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Uh, most people getting back to work today. But uh, Brett Norsworthy's back after a couple of weeks off, much needed uh, time off for Brett. Brett, how are you doing today? Happy uh, 2024. Same to you, Brian. Glad to be here and glad to get this started for 2024. Did you play Guy Lombardo closing Friday from the last show of the year for Old Lang Syne? No, I did not. <laughs> did you get around to Guy? No, I did not. I thought about it. Um, but Had uh, enough going on? Yeah, a lot going on that afternoon. Uh, we were also celebrating a Tigers win. Um, Almost that, simultaneous that night, yeah. to it was, to the close it, Friday. It, 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 I was telling you earlier, it lined up very well to where, uh, if I remember correctly, um, right while the uh, Taco Bell Crunch Time loop was uh, ending and in time for us to All start talking, uh, that's when it, it became final. So I was able to use that as what I what I learned today. A great win for the Tigers. Um, so so that was a lot of fun. A lot going on. So no, we did not play that uh, going out on Friday, but uh, it, was a, it was a great weekend nonetheless. It is so good to be back and to start another year. And with the games last night and the bowl season this year, I think the college, the run up to college football next season mm. will be the most fun one ever. Yeah. Because there, it, cause it is, will be so brand new with so much speculation about the playoffs and the, the, the 12 teams that will make that up. How, how many from each league? And, you know, next year, you got to remember Washington and Michigan will play next year. Yeah. As a league game, yeah, that's what that's why I saw someone uh, and it. I mean, I Brett, we talk about this on air, we talk about it off air. It just blows my mind. Any and I know it's happening. It's not like I don't know it's happening. I understand that things are changing next year, but it blows my mind every time. And last night after Washington wrapped up their victory over Texas, someone says, "Oh, great, we get a preview of a game we'll see in ten months in, in Seattle, C- in Seattle. When, when when Washington uh, and Michigan play in a Big Ten conference game." And I was just sitting there going. Wait, what? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's getting really, really real now. Local flavor, a lot to choose from from the bowl season. The Tigers win. Mm -hmm. They win in the Liberty Bowl on Friday afternoon, I think, in convincing, resounding style. Tennessee, the same. Ole Miss, the same in the Peach Bowl. That's where I was. Among other places, I was at the Peach Bowl uh, on Saturday morning and Mm -hmm. really fun win. And all three of those teams – the countdown has started for next year for all three yeah. teams and all three fans. And for the Tiger fans that were more than reluctant this year mm. to embrace Ryan Silverfield and this team, I wonder if there would be any mea culpa, any, mm. I, I, I missed out on it. I, I, I'm sorry I did. Count me in for next year. I wonder if there's any of that sentiment. I, I hope so. I doubt it. Um, but I mean, it was a, it was a really, really good season. And then to be able to, to cap it off with, 
what they did in the Liberty Bowl, being a what ten and a half point uh, underdog in that game and coming out and Brett control the game. I mean, control the game. And I, I talked about it on Friday because um, it it blew me away. You know, I'm I'm sitting in here Friday getting ready for the show. I have my iPad out watching uh, Kentucky and Clemson was the game before that. A great game came down to the wire, um, ran a little bit long. Did you buy Clemson stock? Um, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I I don't know why you wouldn't have Tyler from Spartan, Tyler. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Deserves a ring. He does. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting here getting ready, and I have my iPad, you know, getting ready for the game to start. And uh, they finally flip it over to Memphis and, and Iowa State, and Memphis is, is lined up for a kickoff. And so I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, you know, they slid the opening kick back for television, whatever. So they kick it off. Iowa State gets the ball. I'm sitting here working, you know, getting stuff done. I look back up because I'm like, zip. yeah, I look back up to see, okay, what's Iowa going to run on their first down? I notice the scoreboard is 6 nothing, and I'm going, wait a minute, what happened? Memphis already scored, so now I'm on my phone trying to figure it Almost out. Almost same thing happened I to mean, me. out the I, gate. I thought, well, Memphis must have returned yeah. the opening kickoff. Yeah. No, I mean, an unbelievable start to be able to do that and just continue to, to, to keep the gas. And Iowa State, you know, they, they in the second half, you know, they started to try to make a comeback, but for Memphis to, to continue to, to put the pressure on and, and win that game, an unbelievable win for that team. And, and Roy, for Ryan Silverfield, who's been told all season long, okay, well, you're just winning games. Games because you're playing Charlotte and and North Texas, you know, going out and, and beating a, a Big Twelve school like that is is really impressive. Not even more a, a Big uh, Twelve school that had just beaten Kansas State, or ranked Kansas State in their last game of the season. I really do feel for the Tiger fan that got frustrated, checked out, mm-hmm. and missed out on that fun. Yeah, I mean, you just don't know when a ten win season will come around, and again. Among the many impressive things that the 2023 Memphis Tigers football team accomplished, most notably the 10 wins, but right. those three losses really stack up. Sure did. And in all three, right there in those games against three teams that could stay on the field with a lot of teams, mm-hmm. if not every team, if not most teams. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, the, the losses look really, really good, and we saw what, what Missouri, it was a great game between Memphis and Missouri, um, and we saw what they did against a, a really good Ohio State team, and I, I understand opt-outs things. Yeah, missing a lot, but still, you know, when we look back in in five or six years and talk about, you know, 2023, the team's Memphis lost you, nobody's going to say, oh, well, yeah, they beat Missouri, and Missouri went on to win the Cotton Bowl over Ohio State, but Ohio State was missing Kyle McCord, and, and you know, this guy, and this guy, and that guy. You know, they're going to say, yeah, Missouri was a really good team that year, a top 10 team, and won the Cotton Bowl. So. It, it will be hard to explain in years to come that, that, that in a 10-win season, on a perfectly nice day to start November, on Saturday, November 4th, to have that kind of crowd at a, at a, at a game that you, you won 59 to 50 over a South Florida team. Yeah. That they have to be as excited about next year as almost anyone yes. in the AAC. But we'll talk a lot about that, uh, as we go forward. We'll, we'll talk a lot about that, you know, in, in this offseason as it's changing, because I'm afraid those people that were detached this year, I don't know that you can get them back. I think, I think they made their mind up. And often when we do, that that's kind of the end of it. it, yeah. it it's hard for much mea culpa. It's hard for, okay, I, I missed on that one. Yeah, it really is. And, and uh, you know, we'll have to see. I think 
with that win you, uh, for Memphis over Iowa State, I think that gives a lot of people a lot of uh, excitement going into next uh, next year, like you were saying, Brett, with the 12-team playoff and, and what this Tiger team, with what they've got coming back, you're going to get Seth Hennigan back, who became the uh, the career leader in passing yards in, in Tiger football history. You're getting a lot of offensive weapons back. I thought Ryan Sorfield did a good job in the transfer portal. I think there's going to be a lot of hope um, and excitement of what this team can do next year. I told you and John Harden, when I, when I got here today, Day. Next year, week two, the Tigers go to Tallahassee to play Mike Norville yeah. in Florida State. And Florida State's going to start way up there in all the offseason polls. They, they, I think they'll be top ten for sure. I think it'll be more toward the back of the top ten than the front. But they're, they're going to be way up there. Memphis will go on the field that day in Tallahassee with the better of the two quarterbacks. Wow. Seth Hennigan's better than DJU. I mean, I, I believe it. And, uh, and if you do that, you have a chance. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, college football is really becoming a, uh, a league where quarterbacks dictate a lot. And you've seen that a lot in these bowl games where, and me and, uh, I think me and John Harden were talking about this last Thursday or Friday of, if you just looked at the, and we picked all the games against the spread in the bowl games, you just look at those lines, Brett, and a lot of them were teams that you could say, were maybe better teams, but they were missing their starting quarterback, and because of that, they were a three or four point underdog, like, like Ohio the State, like Ohio State, starting old number thirty three at quarterback. Oh man, uh, yeah, it, yeah, never a good sign. Now, if he's the future um, at quarterback, uh, we got to change. The he, he's got a future though in yeah. the Tour de France. He set a world record on that bicycle Friday night in the Cotton Bowl after hey, he, was he was injured early. You you got to get the work in on the uh, on, on the bicycle. Greg Lamont and Lance Armstrong yes. have nothing on him he, he, he rode that bike the whole night I, I watching the game i'm thinking if you're okay to do that go in and play quarterback yes. quit riding the bicycle yeah. stop stop riding the bike no that was an interesting game because i i mean i really thought we were going to get you know points galore even with uh with a backup quarterback in there for ohio state but i mean it became a a uh, a rock fight tennessee got a look at the future and i think they like it with with yeah. Nico at quarterback and the performance he had yesterday against Iowa and Ole Miss fans, the, the countdown is, is really on. Well, sure. we can't wait to get to 2024, but last night set the finals for this year. And you know, you just really wanted one good game and we got two utter Man. classics down to the last play in both games. And I think in, in both games, something is as simple as this. The best team won. No, you're right about that, and, and it, you're, you're right. It was two unbelievable games. I mean, we knew the buildup. We knew um, kind of what to expect, but I, it, it completely delivered. I mean, sometimes these bowl games, sometimes really any big-time game in sports, they just don't deliver, and you get you know a, a blowout Especially or something. Especially with that layoff. Mm-hmm, and, and we didn't get that at all. And, and even with some you know mistakes here and there, I mean, a lot of people pointing out Michigan's uh, special team woes really all night against Alabama. You know, They're still able to get the ball and drive down the field, tie it up, go to overtime. Unbelievable game, and then just the the we knew it was going to be you know air it out and and try to get as many points on the board as you can for Washington and Texas. But for Washington to go up uh, by double digits in the fourth quarter, and then Texas still have an opportunity in the red zone against a defense that really a lot of people have been saying this Washington team's great. But that defense is, is not that great. And for the defense to step up and, 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 and come up with a stop was, was really a storybook ending for the semifinals. I, I know so many have discussed, and it, it certainly is worth, worth talking about in, in, in question, the game plan for Alabama. 
the biggest stumbling block of the game plan for Alabama was the Michigan Wolverines. Oh, man. The, the offensive and defensive line play for Michigan. Mm-hmm. They whipped Alabama, and they, at minimum, if not completely, matched them in speed. There, oh, yeah. there, there was not the, okay, if you got Jalen Milrow and, and, and the Michigan quarterback in a, in a, in a, 50-yard dash, I think right. I know who's going to sure. win. But most other positions, it, the the Michigan speed was not lacking. I mean, nothing like the the difference in the Ole Miss-Penn State game. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And you mentioned the trenches. I mean, that was really the huge discrepancy because Alabama's offensive line, and, and I remember that being a storyline early in the season, but, I mean, they just looked completely outmatched. And I even think back to that last play of the game um, where Jalen Milrow, um, you know, I think I think uh, they said after the game, I think Nick Saban said after the game, that was kind of their third option on mm-hmm. that because and of all the timeouts and one stuff. one step and cut at mm-hmm. the line. Yeah. It, it wasn't anything there if he cuts. No, it was a bad snap. And, you know, I think it was uh, Tim Hasselbeck who was on uh, Sports Center last night with Scott Van Pelt, and they brought him on to, to completely break down that play. And he said, basically, what's going to happen is your, your guard's going to come around, and you've just got to follow those blocks and basically you look at the uh, the right tackle for Alabama he said like that guy's like you know 360 or something like that. I mean, a huge offensive lineman. The defensive end that was going up against him for for, uh, for Michigan was like 275 mm-hmm. and just, I mean, bull rushed him. Bad grammar and, alert. Uh, he blowed up. Oh, oh and, and just he completely was. blew up the play. And he was saying, I mean, that's what it was. It, it wasn't necessarily a bad play call. It was just Michigan just killed Alabama's offensive line. And, and the game, as you said, with the, the miscues, it was not a, a, a perfect. It was not a perfectly played game whatsoever, but Michigan was better. Michigan oh, des- yeah. de- deserved to win, and in the end, they got it. The punt returner, who would he have entered <laughs> sports? I mean, it'd been up there with Georgetown's player that threw it to James Worthy uh-huh. in, in the Final Four in '82, Fred Brown. I mean, it it, it would have been up there with some of the bigger sports gaffes ever because. If he fumbles in the end zone, what's a touchdown? If it's yep. knocked out of the end zone, it's a safety. Mm-hmm. They have to kick off from the 20, what, with just 10 seconds, yeah. whatever left. Almost almost every team that does that, they punt. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't kick off. Well, they would have had to try to kick oh, off absolutely. and onside it, yeah. and, and yeah, it, it would have been it would have been futile, and Alabama would have escaped again. But they couldn't escape this time. Michigan was too good for them. And all year, even with all the controversy, we talked all year about, you know, not, not Michigan wasn't just winning, how they were just bullying people. And I, I thought they bullied Alabama for a lot of the day. Yeah, I, I thought they did too. And, you know, really for, for Michigan with all of the adversity that they've had to face this year with, you know, Jim Harbaugh and the multiple suspensions he's been handed down and, and for really that staff and those players to both step up. And we said that was garbage. Oh, absolutely. But, but for, for everyone at Michigan, to deliver, I mean, it has really shown how strong of a team they are. Yeah, and all the Jim Harbaugh rumors out there, I, I, I was told by someone I think knows, there's no chance he goes to the Bears, because think who runs the Bears. Kevin Warren, the former mm-hmm. Big Ten commissioner, yeah. he is the, the boss of the Bears. Anybody not named Hallis or McCaskey, he runs the Bears, and mostly running the Bears to get the stadium deal done at Arlington Heights, and in the future to get a Super Bowl there. And Har- and he and Harbaugh don't get along because the first investigation was all the stuff about 
extra practice and things right. like that during COVID. And, and Harbaugh really butted heads with the Michigan administration and the Big Ten over, over shelving football. I, I, I was told there's, there's no prayer he goes to the Bears. Yeah, no, I doubt it. It sounds like the rumors that are coming back is that they're just going to stick with, uh, with Eberflus up at, one up, more, up one in Chicago, which, you know, I don't know about that. But, uh, but no, I mean, it's, and it sounds like he was really, you know, excited and, uh, and happy about that win and being at be. Michigan. And so, you know, it sounds really good, um, for what they're doing. But, but two great games. We're going to talk, uh, more about them. And next Monday, the when, next Monday at 5.30, where we normally do our Monday night football pick, we're going to pick the national championship game and we're going to have the four best players in Michigan and Washington oh, wow. football history. While they were in school. Ooh, well, I can tell you, a Brock Heward's going to get thrown in There's there. There's a couple I'm sure. of Hewards in there. Uh, there are a couple of Hewards in there. And, 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 and for me, while they're in school, that eliminates Tom Brady. Sure does. That's right. It, it it's does. a little bit like the Jordan in the ACC conversation. Right. He is the greatest player to ever play in the NBA. Right. He was not in the ACC. No, no, he was not. Wow, this is going to be a good good list. Tom Brady, I think, is the greatest player to ever play in the NFL. He was good at Michigan, but he he is not one of the top Uh -uh. four. No. I don't think. I don't think so either. We'll we'll do that Monday. Oh, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm already excited for that. Well, let me set up today's show before uh, we get to top and not top story of the day. 3.30, Dave Lotion, the voice of the Tigers, will join us a lot to talk about with Dave. Obviously, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl win for the Tigers over Iowa State. And the Tiger basketball team, they're now up to number 15 in the AP poll uh, after wrapping up their non-conference slate with a win over Austin P. Saturday night, 3.45, we'll get back into these college football playoff semifinal games, talk a little bit about what we expect to see in the championship game uh, a week from yesterday. 4 o'clock, Brent Beard from First Coast News in Jacksonville will join us. We'll talk more college football with him. All the bowls that happened over the weekend and everything else happening in college football we'll talk about with Brent at 4 o'clock. 4.30, we'll talk about the bowl games that happened over the weekend. Brett already mentioned a handful of them, but a really, really fun weekend um, of bowl games aside from those uh, college football playoff semifinal games. Those were unbelievable, but it was still a great weekend uh, all together with bowl games. 4.45, we get to big number of the day, and with the long weekend, but I've got a lot of big numbers today. I'm going to try to save them and try to stretch it out through the week, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. 5 o'clock, uh, Bo Marchant will join us to talk the NFLs. We're now to week 18, last week of the regular season. A lot um, going to get played out this weekend on uh, Saturday and Sunday, 5.30. We'll get to what's trending, and at 5.45, we'll wrap up today's show like we always do with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Another year, another year of this hour being brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Happy 2024 from everyone at Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. The one and only Lexus dealership in town. You can call them at 901-334-9673. Great offers on all those 2024 models and always special leasing options. Drive in luxury and confidence knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second second maintenance services. Stop by today at Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2024 flagship LS500. You'll be looking, you'll be driving in style. When you purchase a Lexus, you get top-of-the-line engineering and design, and they make for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusofMemphis.com. Experience amazing. Experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Top story of the day. Well, Brett, my top story of the day is the National 
championship is set in college football. Michigan versus Washington. And and uh, Brett, last week when we were talking to all of our college football guests, I was asking them all, you know, who do you got this weekend? You know, who who do you think plays in the national championship? And up until Friday, I think Alan Bell gave me something different. I think he had Texas and Michigan. And then I think uh, Ty Richardson, when we were talking to Ty, I think he also had, I don't remember what he had, but he had something different. And I told both of them, up until that point, all week, you were either a Texas-Alabama guy or you were a Michigan and uh, and Washington guy. There didn't seem to be any in between. Um, and we uh, finally get Michigan and Washington. Those two unbelievable games, um, both games certainly delivered in the first game. I didn't think really either quarterback was unbelievable. Both had their moments where they were good. Both had their moments um, where they were not so good. But it, it, the trench play stood out for, for both sides. Michigan really asserted their dominance. Um, defensively, I thought Michigan uh, uh, played really well. So did Alabama. And that's kind of um, what became this ball game. But an unbelievable overtime game. And then that second game, all offense in that one. Just unbelievable what Michael Penix Jr. and these receivers have done at Washington. The odds are already out for the National Championship game. They're going to be an underdog in three straight games the two they thrive on I, I mean they do a, a nine and a half point underdog in that conference championship game they went out right a four and a half point underdog in the game last night against texas they went out right and really control most of that game last night so i really love this washington team i i, I really like them in the national championship they're just a really fun team to watch and michael Penix, he is showing um a lot of of really good things for nfl film tape if the heisman had a vote now who would win it? I think it would be Michael Penix. And that's why you don't vote right. after the bowls, after the heat of the moment, then because it would always be that player that yep. really excelled at bowl time. I voted Jaden Daniels one, Michael Penix two, Bo Nix three. Yep. And both uh, Penix and and Nix had really good bowl games. I was actually Jayden really Daniels surprised that Nix played in that bowl game. Uh, and look, I think a lot of him for playing. I don't yep. blame the ones that don't. No. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong, but like Bryce Young and Will Anderson last mm-hmm. year, Bo Nix this year, and, and, and others, uh, I, I like the ones that play. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying you're better than the ones that no, didn't. not at all. It, look, that's their business, and, they, and it, it, I think it's a really good example of you don't have to play. No. Nobody's ever made you mm-hmm. play. No. Back in the days when you just got tuition and books and whatever you got, nobody was making you play. You could you could leave anytime you wanted to and not play anytime you wanted to. Now, you may not be able to stand on the sideline right. back in the day if you <laughs> did that, but you, you never were made to do anything. My top story, it is down to two in college football after an epic Rose Bowl. That setting, those teams, that game, overtime, only the second overtime in the history of the Rose Bowl, and hail to the victors, Jim Harbaugh, one game away from restoring his beloved Michigan back to being on top. They will face Washington that won a late-night game in a late-night town. You think there's still any Husky dogs dragging the streets in New Orleans right now? Man, there might be. <laughs> I guarantee you some saw sun up. Oh, and if you went on the trip, do you go all the way back to Seattle, or you just do you just get over to Houston? I might just go stop at Houston, spend a week in Houston. I guarantee you the equipment people... Oh, they're they're not going all the way back. No chance. They're they're headed to Houston and head to Houston for college football immortality for either Washington and Michigan. They played each other in big games a lot of times in the Rose Bowl, and it, it is fitting. In the last year of the pack, we will have a Pac-12, Big Ten national championship game. That? 
That, how, how about that? That's incredible. Co- college football always kind of figures it out. And whoever wins at uh, Big Ten Media Days in a couple months, they can flex it. Sure I mean, can. Even if it's Washington, they can flex a Big Ten champion. Not top story of the day. Well, Brett, my not top story of the day is it's officially January, which means non-conference play is over for the Memphis Tigers. And now it starts the conference slate. They'll have Tulsa on Thursday night uh, over in Oklahoma before coming back home to face off SMU against SMU. Um, on Sunday. Uh, they're now up to number 15 in the AP Top 25 poll, which is great. We knew Penny Hardaway wanted this tough non-conference schedule, and it really has played out in his favor. Now, I've heard a lot of people kind give, of... Give me a grade for the non-conference period. Oh, I give it an A. It's Absolutely. an A all the way. One, one, it's an A all the way. I know we don't do plus minuses. Right. If we did plus minuses, it would be an A+. Plus. I think it would be. I mean, I, I don't think uh, we knew how tough it would be. I don't think anybody expected them to play as well. I've heard some people um, a little gun-shy maybe over what happened against Austin P. Look, I think Austin P. is one of these sneaky, young, new coach. I thought they played really well. I'd, I'd seen them a couple of times before last night. Thought they played well. I think in a couple of years they're going to be a really good mid-major team that could sneak up and shock someone in March. I wouldn't put much into that, but now on to AAC and you did enough in non-conference to set you up very nicely for a, a really poor conference. My not-top story is a little bit what I was talking about on the opt-outs, on people that don't want to play, on the motivations at bowl time, on who cares and who doesn't care. First of all, when is the what is the magic number in the regular season? I mean, we, mm. we, we get to the bowl season and everybody gets disinterested. What is the number during the the regular season? A second loss? A third loss? I, I don't see people you know wanting to check out during the regular season. Right. Why is it so vogue now to to kind of n- not play in the bowl season? And also, there's nothing easier to say and, and to do is say, well, we didn't really care about the game. That's the only reason you won. You don't disparage the winner that way. Bring your own motivation. If you want to play, play. If you don't, don't. But I think saying we we didn't care is a a horrible excuse. And and Florida State should be embarrassed for for the the players that didn't play in that game for them. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. But I'll do a top and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead and get to our first break when we come back. We're talking Tigers with the voice of the Tigers, Dave Wilotion. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Let's welcome longtime voice of the Tigers and host of Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings at 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Dave Wolosian to talk Tigers football and basketball with Bryant and Brett. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you and joining us now, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Wolosian. A lot to get to with Dave. He joins us now. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Let's start off with uh, the football team, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl victory for them over Iowa State. They started off uh, with an early score and really never uh, took their foot off the gas against an Iowa State team that came in uh, as, what, a 10.5 point favorite. Really impressive showing for Ryan Silverfield and his team. Well, that was the biggest underdog uh, spread they had all year long. So uh, the knock on, on Ryan was he couldn't beat the team's he was, you know, not favored in. Mm-hmm. And this time he was the biggest dog, and he won by 10. That's quite the swing. That's a three-touchdown swing pretty much. It was um, it, it, it was the best performance I think I've seen by a Tiger football team 
since the Cotton Bowl era, that team of Mike Norvell's that uh, won a conference championship, obviously went to the New Year's Day Six Bowl. This this was pretty dominating. They looked like they were the Power Five team. It was a lot of fun. I was very pleasantly surprised at the amount of people that showed up. When I first arrived, I went from the show, Hello and Friends, to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. It was freezing. I, it, yeah. There was like a feel of 31, 32 degrees. The wind was uh, gusting at 15 to 18. It was 10 miles steady. And I, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, there, there's not going to be anybody who's going to come wearing blue. All those folks from Iowa State, and they were down from six years ago. I think they were ten or 12000 instead of the 15-plus. They paid for their tickets, right? They, they were coming no matter what. And I really thought, well, even if you bought a ticket to support the school, you're, you're walking your dog in the morning, you're going, it's too damn cold. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to watch the game on TV. Um, but they came. They came and, and they saw a complete game. And considering that Hennigan, key player coming back, mm-hmm. Rock Taylor coming back, you got this running back that transferred from South Carolina that you beat Power 5 schools for uh, to get. Uh, you've got to feel pretty good about it. And i got to tip my cap to uh, Jordan Hankins, the yeah. interim defensive coach who was a linebacker coach. Usually in our meetings, the, the coaches, the coordinators are usually pretty – straightforward and honest with us and and jordan was fairly honest but he he did not let us know he was changing his scheme that he was going to run a three four four that um he he had figured out something with with iowa state he took a run the runaway and they have a guy um that that was a freshman running back that came on at the end of the year that had 276 yards against 25th ranked kansas state albeit a snowstorm and he was held to four yards. I, in all my days, and I'm going to ask Brett because he's probably seen almost as many football games as I have. I can't remember ever seeing zero rush yards in a game. Now, and zero penalties. Had, hold on. Zero penalties, zero turnovers, zero rush yards. That's like the triple crown. Crazy. It really is. That that is the triple crown of bagels and it, it very impressive and that that box score it it does stand out and that final score 36-26 will lead the Tigers into next year. Dave, what should be the stated goal for the 2024 Memphis Tigers? Why well, I think it's to win a conference championship and you've got to hope that that is going to be enough. I I don't know what like the Mountain West is going to look like. With Washington State and Oregon State, is that going to be the more favored particular conference? And uh, would they have a, a, a team that runs the table or has a one-loss record? I, I think basically to be the rep in the Power Five uh, as the Group of Five in the playoffs in the twelve-team playoff would be your outstanding goal. But I think you got to take it first. Let's win the conference championship and hope that that is enough. Because yeah. a lot of that afterwards is going to be subjective. How do you get the disaffected fan? I said earlier, I almost feel sorry for the a, a true blue Tiger fan that got disaffected this year, checked out, and missed out on the fun of a 10-win season. How do you get that person reengaged? That person, I think, is reengaged. I'm not going to say his name or what he does, but, but there's a person... 
that I go to once a month, okay? Um, and he is a he, he's, he's an elderly gentleman who has been a Tiger fan for 40 years, all right? And he checked out at various times this year because he did not have faith in the in the uh, coach. But, but I, that's as good as I can put it. I mean, that's as honest as I can as I can put it. And uh, I saw him today, and he goes, "I'm renewing my ticket. If he <laughs> hires the defensive coordinator, I'm back." <laughs> I thought that was such a great game. So, um. I, I think that guy's coming back. I, I think he's so infused, and I, I, I think there's more to come. I think uh, Ryan Silverfield has has found revenue for NIL. I'm not saying it's going to match an SEC team, but I think it'll match most of the teams in the league. It's not going to be 600000 for Memphis's NIL versus the $4.4 million that SMU might have had this year. I, I think it will be an NIL budget that will be in line with the conference and the, the rest of the group of five where you, you have chances. So, um, and you got Hennigan back, you got Rock Taylor back, you got this new back. Uh, they got, they get, they just got a transfer. I really don't know how good he is, but he's coming from Indiana. He's coming from power five. I think they've got more tricks up their sleeve that way. Tomorrow is the day the portal closes or is that all that's today. The portal closes tonight. We'll see exactly what happens. Well, and you mentioned Seth Hennigan, him coming back, and it's really been, you know, this season, obviously he's played really well, but there's been kind of the people that said, well, you know, he hasn't improved like we thought he would. He hasn't taken that next step. I thought what he did against Iowa State was was one of his best games he's had as a Tiger. Coming back next year, there's not going to be many quarterbacks around the country that you can say are that experienced at the same school as Seth Hennigan. What do you expect from him next year? Well, I, I expect him to play like he did uh, on Friday. The guy, um, first off, I, I just my gut feel. He's never expressed this. The coaching staff nor the medical staff have ever said anything to me. But he, he got hurt several times this year. And, you know, I think he just tried to play through pain. And I, I'm not sure he was 100% in every game. And I think he was 100% against Iowa State. I think you see what he can do, which is why he has already in three years become the number one all-time throwing quarterback in the history of the school. He passed Brady White because of the great game he had on Friday. And, um, you know, in the in, in the uh, era of the NIL and, and COVID, he can come back next year and obliterate that. But listen, he could come back another year. And if he's not a sure-fire draft choice, the way NIL money is now, wouldn't you take that NIL money because what are you going to do next? You're probably going to be a coach. Your dad was a coach. I think you're thinking about being a coach. You get one more year of really good money. If he stayed a sixth year and he produced like he's done the last three years in the next two years, yeah, I, I'm just saying, guys, he would be obliterate every record Memphis has ever had and will ever have because nobody's going to get six years ever again. No, you're right. Uh, that's that's exciting to even think about. But talking to Dave Vlosian, the voice of the Tigers, you can also hear him every morning with Wolo and friends at 10 o'clock. We'll go into the basketball side of things. The Tigers wrapped up their non-conference schedule uh, with a win Saturday night against Austin P. What did you make of that performance and, uh, and the Tigers wrapping up non-conference? 
Well, I, I think it was disappointing because the last two games they have played at the level of the competition. Mm-hmm. And when you witnessed what they did in the second half at DCU, carrying that over to the best string of three games since the 2018, heck, they're shooting free throws better than any other team since 1987. Wow. Now, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> but... Um, I saw the three best games that I've seen by a team against really good competition since 2008. And then they brought in Naquan Tomlin, who's going to be terrific. I don't want to diminish how good this kid can be. He hasn't played since March to figure out and get in shape and do all the things you had to do to mesh in two games is asking an awful lot and to be fit. Played 15 minutes the first game. He played 23 minutes against Austin P on Saturday. But if you'll notice this, they played their best basketball when Jordan Braun, the big man, left. And they played unbelievable until another big man, Naquan Tomlin, joined them. And then they've struggled a little bit, even though they won the games against lesser competition. So I, I think there is a meshing period. Penny mentioned selfishness. Maybe there's some jealousy. This guy's come in, and he's gotten all of, of the... Uh, accolades and, and the headlines, and, and so maybe there's going to be an adjustment period. Uh, but but I think in the long run, when they do adjust and they all accept that this guy's going to be a big part of it, and we ought to go along for the ride with it like we were earlier, then I think they're going to be good. I think Walton and Mills have not been 100% because of either um, tendinitis or sprained ankle or illness, which you know Mills and Jones actually had uh, for the Vandy game. So I, I think in the long run, they're going to get this thing together and be good. But they're going to they're going to trip up and fall. Look, look at uh, Arizona goes down to FAU, and then they turn around and they lose to Bryant, and, and they've lost to Florida Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. And Memphis is going to fall to somebody that they probably shouldn't, and 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 they're actually very fortunate they didn't lose to Vandy. How many conference losses? I, I'm I'm going to say they can be okay, Brett. If they split with FAU, they 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 can lose one to FAU that won't hurt, and probably one other team. Now, look, let's just say I think today the net we look it up today it's, it's, it's close to top top fifty for SMU. Yeah, if they if SMU does okay and, and Memphis plays them on the road, loses that game, that's not going to kill them if that's the loss. But I, I don't. I don't think they can lose more than, you know, probably two to three conference games to keep that really good seed they're at right now. Look, Mike McCorsey has them as a two seed in the Fox Rocket Bracketology, but his Parish got them as number nine. So they they are in position to really have a good seed if they don't slip too much. But other teams are going to slip. Let's be honest. Sure. Mm-hmm. All those power conference teams, they're going to lose games. There's only three undefeated right now. That is James Madison, Houston, and the Ole Miss Rebels. That's right. And the Ole Miss Rebels are, I mean, what a great year. 13-0? and 0? There's nobody out there would have picked that to begin the year. I asked you about the stated goal for football, and that's a long way off. What's the goal for how this basketball season ends? That's coming That's coming soon. I, 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 think, um, I think the first goal is to win your conference championship. Yeah. So you can do that. I think that's within the realm of possibility. 
And I think if you do that, you'll have a good enough seed to get to the second weekend. And I think that's a fair goal for any any team that's in the top 25. That's a fair goal, unless you're Kentucky, I guess, or North Carolina or Duke. Those those, those teams are always expecting to you know, get to the Final Four, and they don't always get to the Final Four. I think with this team, I think it's, it's a fair expectation because this team does have so much depth and so much talent. And they, they've got the scorer in Jones. They've got the conductor in, in, uh, uh, in Jake Pond, uh, in, in JQ, in Javon Quinterly, that, that they should be able to go that way. And enough depth guys like, I mean, honestly, to have Mills come off the bench or Walton come off the bench what a luxury that is. Oh, yeah. And you can go nine or ten deep, and now you've got this kid Tomlin who can play a role like DeAndre Williams did last year. I I just think it's fair to say that you can get to the second weekend. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good goal for this Tiger team. I did not realize SMU was that high in the net, and a big game for them tonight against Charlotte as they start AAC play. But, Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Let's do this again next week. Got it. You got it. And I'll talk to you, Brett, tomorrow. Happy New Year to all of you. For sure. Thank you, Dave. And happy New Year to you. And I will join Dave tomorrow morning on Wolo and Friends about 1030 this hour of our show. I'm sorry, the studios that we're in. We're in the Family Leisure Studios every single day. And thank you so much to Billy and the whole crew there. That's where family and fun come together. The floor model sale is going right now. All floor model patio sets are priced to move. Wicker sofa set under $2,000. Closeout patio cushions as low as $25. $5. Pool tables under $1,500. Theater seating under $2,000. Four-person hot tubs under $5,000. Infrared and traditional steam saunas, 25% off. Get ready for summer and purchase your above-ground pool now to get first in line for installation. Special financing available right now at Family Leisure at 2120 Whitten Road, just north of I-40. Let's go ahead and get to a break. We talked a lot about the semifinal games uh, to start the show, but we're going to get back into that topic, talk about what happened in those two games last night. We'll do that next on Sports Time. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. An eventful night last night in college football for the college football playoffs. Uh, Semifinal games and a 4 o'clock start for the Rose Bowl. A a beautiful scene out there as it always is. And that game uh, certainly delivered. It always does. And that 4 o'clock start central time, 2 o'clock their local time. And it always looks perfect. Maybe the, for me, the two best cathedrals for American sport is the Rose Bowl in Augusta National. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and and we only get to enjoy the Rose Bowl for that three, three That's and a half right. hours, yeah. really one day a year, unless you're watching a lot of UCLA games, and nobody there is doing that, so very no. few are doing it late night on television. And it, it was the perfect setting. Those, the, that, those two brands, those two teams, those two coaches, and that style of football. The SEC loves to talk about 
and and I believe this, that we are a line of scrimmage league. Well, the Big Ten likes to talk about Big Ten football. That's line right. of scrimmage. Yeah. Michigan won it. They yeah. won it at the line of scrimmage. Alabama had no answer. They could not stop Blake Corman. I don't know if they could have stopped uh, Donovan Edwards if they had fed him the ball very much because they were getting blown off the ball. It was so downhill. And in overtime, both defenses are so very tired in overtime. Yeah. It, it, it looks easy, and it was on, on the Corum touchdown. Yeah, no, it really was. And, you know, you can't stress it enough. We've both kind of talked about it. The the line play for, for in this game was really what separated these teams. You saw it in overtime. You saw it uh, late in that fourth quarter. And, and Michigan really just came to play. And, uh, you know, special teams. Teams, uh, kind of disasters at times throughout that game, I thought would kind of ruin their chances. But ultimately, you know, they were when when you are when you have a D F game in one department, you've got to supplement that with A plus performances in those other aspects. And they certainly did that both offensively and defensively. The whole Harbaugh got the best of Nick Saban coaching. Do you buy that? Uh, I don't because I I don't I think his team got the best. Yeah, of Nick I, was, I don't team. think it was necessarily play calling. I think it was more just the guys came out and and performed. He 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 got his performers to perform a little bit better, and it was enough for mm-hmm. them. Uh, very few penalties in the game. Only yep. three for Alabama, two for Michigan, and in both of the games yesterday to decide the college football playoff finals, the team that won the rushing battle. Lost. That's crazy. That's rare. That is that is crazy. And uh, how about this, Brett? Both of those games went over in the uh, in the total, which was uh, they, was they nice did to see. both go over uh, in in the bowl season this year. The team that won the rushing battle thirty and eleven. That seven thirty one wow. percentage. I promise seventy five. Close enough. That's pretty close. Passing. If you won the passing battle, you went twenty two and nineteen. Wow. That's five thirty six. So again, if you if you got your if you got your life on the line, do you want a seven thirty one <laughs> chance of making it or five thirty six if you're at the doctor's office? Yeah, I think I'll take the uh, the seven thirty one. But it didn't hold up yesterday in either of those games. The favorites this year in the bowl season nineteen and twenty two. Nineteen favorites won, twenty two dogs won. The over got there twenty three times, and the under got there eighteen times. So wow. really, you, you really couldn't ride either one and no. and and do real well. The second game last night, Washington and it Washington did not even sell their full full complement of 20,000 tickets. That's crazy. I mean, it is It, it was a Texas building. Yeah, oh, it, it certainly was and I mean, that's a that's a tough trip, um but It uh, is. But still, man, that is hard to believe and I know uh you know there were some some clips coming out uh, of of really a lot of Texas fans being there both um around the uh the stadium and in the stadium. I also loved last night and I saw it a couple of times but Matthew McConaughey just like casually walking up and down the the Texas sidelines and like, like like he owns the team yeah, like patting guys on the back after Texas scored the touchdown to, to get him down six he runs over to the guy on the sideline Jerry Jones on the back. doesn't do the sideline no, routine anymore no. like that and and on I think it was uh, ESPN two they had it, it wasn't Pat McAfee but it was the Pat McAfee cast or whatever but he was at the Rose Bowl so it was a bunch of other guys doing it and you know, Cole Kubelek and, and a lot of those guys and one of them I forgot who it was was like. I talked to Matthew McConaughey, and he has Wasn't the same. Wasn't it Jacob Hester? It might have been. I I just saw it on social media, so I wasn't paying too close attention of who said it. But he was like, Matthew McConaughey was just with us. I saw his his credential. It's the same one I have, and in big bold letters at the bottom, it says, "Do not go into the players box." And he's just over there, just you know, slapping backs with Texas football players. 
Again, it's it's like he owns the team. <laughs> it really is. Washington but... wins. Texas, they do have a lot of penalties. Ten penalties yeah. for Texas. Washington with only five. Texas with 180 rushing. Washington with 102. But Michael Penix, he was the difference in the game. He was that much better than Brock uh, than uh, Ewers. I almost said Brock Ewers. How about that? I, I did. Um, no, he, Quinn Ewers. He he was. And in, in uh, Brett, I'll I'll be honest with you. After the game, when I was looking at the stats, I was shocked that both teams got over 100 yards rushing because it just didn't feel like it, it, how it much did, they were throwing the ball. Did you hear the Washington announced team at the end of the game? No, it's I really didn't. good. Oh, I'm gonna have to go find that because I'm sure it is really good. This is a couple. They have a good team because this is they the, have the third a great or fourth team. time you've talked about. Oh, I, I, their radio I dip call. in and listen to them. Yeah, and, and you you can feel the thrill of victory. Oh yeah, it was two really really good games last night, setting up for a unbelievable national championship. But let's go ahead and get to a break. Wrap up our first hour. When we come back, we're talking more college football with Brent Beard. <laughs> 